the World Cup is over. The Premier League is back. The tradition of Boxing Day soccer continues. The top four are in action on Boxing Day, and we have some huge news for our channel, so please listen in. We have everything that you want to hear today. Our journey begins right now. Welcome in to the supporter section. You may have just noticed a bit of a name change if you've been around the channel for a while. We want to offer all the subscribers the best in-depth analysis and entertaining content. So we thought the best way to do this was to go from the bad fan into the supporter section and become an all soccer focused channel. This is a great time to make the move as today is our 50th episode, which let's go guys. Yay. Amazing. Um, and so yeah, we want to thank you guys for doing that and being here for that. Um, this is a time that we move forward. We're gonna carry this new identity with us. And if you like the change, go ahead and leave a like. Subscribe if you have not already, um, as our goal is to see some exponential growth on this channel together. So with that being said, thanks for being here. Guys, how were your Christmases, Brandon? I'll start with you. It was great. I mean, just being able to see you two in person again is amazing. Always a pleasure. Seeing other I friends and family, uh, it never gets old. And I had some great gifts. I got a U.S. Men's National Team like jacket, zip up, Ooh, which is really nice. That's nice. It's actually like the only thing I got that was soccer related, surprisingly. But um, it was it was an amazing amazing holiday. What about you, Steve? Uh, that is not the only thing I got soccer related as both you guys hooked me up with some cool jerseys uh, Brandon got me a Sunderland jersey um, Sunderland tonight, Just amazing uh, Cole hooked me up with a Portugal World Cup kit this year, right? Yeah, they yeah. like it. Portugal. Yeah. Portugal um, Yeah, so it was good Christmas. I literally just got um, for the majority soccer and coffee gifts so <laughs> nothing wrong with that that's and i'm a simple man you know so uh yeah no complaints though good to see you guys in person though i love that and again 50th episode gosh hard to wrap our minds around the fact this is our 50th episode now with the supporter section i'm so excited to get started with the premier league our first segment as a supporter section is going to involve a bit of review from the boxing day everyone loves a great boxing day in the premier league it's a kind of annual tradition at this point um, getting to see your favorite teams. My team, Tottenham, Stevens team, Tottenham, had yeah. the first game of the day, waking up at 7.30 in the morning after Christmas. What a joy, what a treat. A little sarcasm. Um, but still, you know, <laughs> worth getting up and getting to watch us slay the games. Um, hard to beat that after coming after the World Cup. You yeah. know, we had an awesome World Cup, a month long in Qatar. Um, great results from France, Argentina in the final, of course, an amazing game. But now the Premier League is back in the full swing of things. And we're going to start talking about the newcomers in the top four, Newcastle, going against the bottom dwellers right now, Leicester City. This was a game that, you know, people kind of wanted to know how the teams were going to come out after the break. Newcastle being probably the one with their eyes on the most because some people were kind of figuring out if they belong or not in the top four. Um, but Miggy and the Magpies didn't look like they were going to slow down at any time. They got out off the... Uh, what do you call that? Off the block, quick. That's my track term. And <laughs> <laughs> nice. Stick to soccer. Yeah, I know. I should stick to soccer. Um, and the first minute and 30 seconds, uh, Lester gave away a penalty. Mm -hmm. Not looking good. Uh, the defender pretty much just totally missed, stabbed at the ball, and I think got Joelton down on yeah, the tackle sure. and just at the edge of the box. And Chris Wood puts the penalty away in the third minute. 
And then Miggy, Miggy, Miggy. Our guy scoring his eighth goal in the last nine games. I think that's what his ninth goal of the season? Ninth goal of the season. Yep. And then from what, like, from there, guys, what happened? I mean, yeah, Miggy, Miggy scored a great run. And, I mean, can we, okay, let's pause again. It's just amazing to see. It's, it is. From Atlanta United Atlanta to Newcastle, United, staying on the team with, with a horrible coach. They go through this. They get Eddie Howe. He sort of revitalizes the whole squad, basically. And Miggy is at the heart of that. And it sort yeah. of carries that, you know, that sort of Eddie Howe mentality every week. And it's so crazy. And he's doing it. I mean, what is he? He's, what, on the list of goal scorers? I think Fourth, he's third. Fifth? He's tied with nine, I think, with Rodrigo from Leeds. And then also tied with Mitro with yeah, nine, I think. Fourth. Yeah, fourth or fifth. I don't, maybe this isn't updated. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, it is absolutely insane. And even in, like, the... I feel like he's been there for a little while now. What, a couple years now? Three? Fourth or fifth year. Fourth G's. Wow. 2018 is when he won MLS Cup. Wow. But even, like, in the dog days when they were just terrible and not exciting to watch, he never brought anything short of insane passion for the club and for the fans. Um, From a Paraguayan soccer player, which not a lot of Paraguayans have played in the Premier League, I think he's already the top goal scorer from the whole country of Paraguay in the Premier League. So that's pretty insane. Um... But yeah, it was just a nice, nice run, like back and forth play, and then just a calm slot finish. To yeah, left was, end was it Bruno Gamerish was the one with the assist? I mean, just yeah, a perfect way sure. to pass to get right into Miggy's stride and slots it away. I mean, awesome. he's looking great. He's looking he, amazing. He is. And Leicester's good. not looking good. No. <laughs> They're looking better than they did at the start of the season, maybe. I mean, they were there in last place for the first couple, yeah. three or four weeks They or went so. three points look, after, like, six games. We yeah. forget. They were in form. They were probably one of the teams that didn't want the World Cup break to happen. They yeah. were in form. They had won two games in a row, which is the first time all season. And then they come up against Newcastle. And maybe, I mean, if you're looking at it different ways, you might say, oh, okay, Newcastle's had a break. Maybe they'll cool off. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't to be um, losing three nothing. Um, Joel Linton um, scores in the thirty second minute. The game's over in the thirty second minute. Yeah, um, I turned it off at that point. <laughs> yeah, like Lester was never getting back into that game. No, and with that, the Newcastle uh, Fighting Tunes go atop second in the Premier League. They are second. In the Premier League, you heard that right. Above Manchester City. Above Manchester City. Manchester City has two games in hand that they need to play. Fair. That's very fair to say. But the odds are they're in second place behind Arsenal. Who would have thought that would be the case? (laughs) Top two. Top two teams. It's not even like, it's still weird to think Arsenal is top of the table. Yes. at At the new year. Yeah. So are we all in on Newcastle finishing top four? Or should we raise our expectations even higher? Dare I say challenging for a title? Or is that too much? Is that sacrilege? Or is we just keeping it at the top four? You know, I'll run with Cole's preseason and I guess midseason because we did we had the chance to change our preseason <laughs> yeah, predictions. Um, so go back and watch that episode. But <laughs> they look nothing short of a title challenging team. I think they can make a couple smart transfers this January, strengthen in areas that need strengthening, and prepare to make that run into. May. Does it go into June this year because of the World Cup? I think it still ends like the last week of May. I think okay. it'll be okay in May. Yeah. So it's into May. And I I don't think it will happen, but it could. It very well could. And I sort of want to see it now. Like, I, I wasn't high on Newcastle preseason. I was like, 
they're exciting. They got overtaken. They have all this money now. But I wasn't super, super impressed. But some good transfers over the summer. Yeah. Eddie Howe's an amazing coach, like we've said. Yeah. They have everything they need to make a run. If they have a good January transfer yeah. window. Yeah. And I, th- I think they can challenge for the title. I think it's crazy. I almost think, in some weird ways, is almost, like, crazier than what Lester did. I don't know if that's, like, wrong to say either. Well, they haven't done it yet, so I don't right, know no, if it's no, no, it's true. They haven't done it yet, but <laughs> if they do it, no. like, it's hard. Yeah, how do you balance those two things? I mean, Lester had some really good players that just hadn't quite maybe made their names for themselves yet or just hadn't got that spot. Like, we had Mares and Conte, obviously, you had Schmeichel and goal and... All these other, Vardy was at his, you know, like he was really breaking on the scene, scoring so many goals. I mean, Newcastle's had some guys who stuck around kind of through the rebuild phase in some ways. You know, we talked about Mickey Dwellington being transformed under Eddie Howe, kind of like yeah, playing this midfield role. I mean, he was a total flop. Yeah. And then now suddenly he's one of the like key players in this Newcastle side. St. Allen Maximum, like... All these people have been revived in this Newcastle system, which for me just sort of feels like they're not this, like, star. You know, like, it's just hard for me to find a star, which is why I think it might be a crazier thing than Leicester. I mean, they haven't, like, spent the yeah, big, big bucks yet. They spent on Isaac, who's not even playing for them. Mm-hmm. And so it's crazy. It's crazy. So <laughs> I'm excited to see what, the ha- what happens. I think they will finish in a Champions League spot, though. Definitely. Yeah. I think they will. Nothing more to say, because I look at Tottenham in fourth place, honestly. These two teams are not like the other. Like, Tottenham does not look anything consistent, or, like, Newcastle looks just flawless on the field. Honestly, like Arsenal right now. So those are two teams in a league of their own right now. It's crazy. It is crazy. Arsenal, they won 3-1 over West Ham. Which, West Ham, again, it's just like, we didn't know what they were going to do coming out of the break. David Moyes has had Conference League to worry about in the fall, He's now trying to... <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. People, this is a real league that's actually happening. Um, so he's had to balance, you know, his team with uh, Europa Conference League, the Carabao Cup, I believe they're still in, I think, and obviously FA Cup, and the Premier League. And they've suffered so much in the Premier League. And it didn't get any better for them. First game, they're against the top of the league, Arsenal. Um, and out of the run of play, Ben Rama scores a questionable penalty. You guys... Think what were your thoughts on it, Brandon? Yeah, I understand why it was given. Um, I think it's Saliba who fouls. Did, did you did you see this? Uh, I saw the penalty. I don't remember who it was that fouled. I him. think Saliba fouls Jared Bowen as he's going into the box from behind and like barely touches his like heel. But at a full sprint, if your heels get right. get it's touched, takes you like, out. you'll fall. Yeah. yeah. So it was like very slight. And he does take three more steps after the contact yeah, is made. Yeah, and throws him off balance. So it's like one of those where I'm like, sort of soft. But I understand why it was given. But yeah, again, against the total run of play, the Rama puts it away. It's one nothing at half, actually. At the Emirates, too. Yeah. So kind of like silencing the Emirates a little bit. But Arsenal, they looked clinical in a lot of ways. I and mean, they were close on, what, one or two offside calls mm-hmm. that were close with Saka. <laughs> yeah. um, but in the 53rd minute... Saka gets his goal on a nice slip and puts it away to make it 1-1. And then from there, um, Arsenal continued just to pepper West Ham, um, getting closer and closer to goal. Martinelli, gosh, that was such a clean goal. I don't think he had much of an angle on it and still beats the keeper near post. I think it was near post, right? It was near post. Yeah, Yeah. near post. Like, just 
Martinelli, we talked about him months ago, just about how pivotal he was going to be, being one of those young talents that could, you know, get Arsenal up the table, and he has been doing it for them alongside Saka. Um, and Nketiah got a goal too, didn't he? Yeah. You want to say anything about that, Steve? I don't remember off the top of my head, to be honest. Uh, he has, is it Tilo Kerrer? I don't know how to Kierer, pronounce it. He's German. Yeah. Um, has him on his back, basically, and does oh just like God, this beautiful spin Return. move off of him. Oh, my God, <laughs> just Puts yes. him in a spin machine and just slots it away, just Gosh, right into the side netting. I mean, it was so nice. And I think Eddie and Ketia, they, they had been talking about him. He's a young guy. He's just always looking for a goal. And that's, that yeah. can sort of hinder him sometimes. When you're not, you know, if your mind is only on goal and you're not fulfilling your normal roles on the team, you'll struggle more is what they say. He found it. And it was a beautiful goal to, to basically end the game. Well, what's interesting is he came on in the spring after that whole Aubameyang saga that Aubameyang left the team, right? Mm, yeah. They didn't have a striker. They didn't have someone to play that four position. Now with Jesus injured, he's kind of having to come back on the scene and be the guy again. Yeah. And so to get that goal the first game back is huge, probably for his confidence and also the confidence of the Arsenal supporters and the club and the manager of Arteta. And so they're going to have to stick with them unless they make a move in January, which they very well could um, until Jesus gets back. But can they rely on a guy like Eddie Nketiah, you think, to continue to be the guy and score some goals? Yeah, I think there's something there's something really positive that a coach wants out of a player that gets thrown into a position. Well, obviously, Jesus getting hurt, it's unfortunate, whatever. But a player having to step up and delivering on that is so different, even honestly than transferring a guy into your team. And that will score goals at the same time because one's different, like with the system, training with the guys in and out every week. You know what he's like in the locker room, et cetera. And I'm seeing transfer rumors about, oh, like would Yao Felix fit into Arsenal maybe on a loan of this and that? And it's just like it gets so murky and complicated. And especially when you're top of the table in the league, like it gets your mind off of the task at hand, which is to get results. Yeah. And so just to put Nketiah in there, just to see him get his goal. The way he did to like he showcased his ability. I'm like, okay, this kid can play. He can score. All right, like, and he wants to fight for his team. And even like the goal celebration afterwards, he was like putting his hand up to his ear, just like, that's right. I don't know. That could mean a bunch <laughs> of different things. Who knows? But um, no, yeah, it's if this works out for Arsenal, obviously just one game, so let's you know yeah. relax. But if this works out for them, I mean, they have so much attacking prowess in that like front three. With Martinelli, they have an Odegaard behind them, they have Saka, they have anybody can pop up with a goal, honestly. So, um, just takes one problem maybe off the list for the January transfer window. Maybe you don't need to be super hasty, maybe you don't need yeah. to spend a ton of money, but maybe just get some insurance behind Nketia. So, but yeah, it was a great goal, and I, I believe in the kid, honestly. I mean, Arsenal don't look like slowing down. You said first game back, let's pump the brakes a little bit, but they don't look like they're slowing down for you. Like, what's the most impressive thing about this team? Fourth win in a row, by the way, I might add. So yeah. four wins in a row. <laughs> There's so many things to put praise on. I I think it's just their youth talent coming through, like their academy talent yeah. coming through and playing massive roles on this team. And also Saka sort of stepping up and being the face of Arsenal at yeah. such a young age. Which honestly is kind of cool to see, especially after the whole Euros fiasco as after a country. After the missed penalty kick, yes. Yeah. A tons of like abuse and <laughs> if racism and just the, even just the whole thing of, dang, I let my team down, my country down. Like yeah. all of this pressure on a kid. How old is he? He was 19 in the Euros, wasn't he? 
Yeah, that's insane. But to play to be in the face of Arsenal going ahead, but that it's crazy. I mean, yeah, he's basically the face of Arsenal, um, and I guess for Arteta even like he's the guy, yeah. and he's I mean he's probably a top twenty player in the world now because of what he's doing for Arsenal, what he did for England during the World Cup. It's it's just insane his tra- what his trajectory is on. Anywho, just I think their youthful talent is amazing, yeah, and I I know I always talk about it, but it's it's insane to watch. I'm. Very, very impressed. But just, again, their their teamwork. What do you think? Again, it's hard to heep on praise Arsenal as Tottenham yeah, fans. Yeah, sorry. I'm putting you on the hot But no, seat, it's like, like it's... It's not hard for me. Right. It's There is that great appreciation so of, of the youthful talent, of the turnaround with Arteta. I mean, we've mocked him in the past. We've made fun of their collapse towards the end of last season. But now in 2022, it's like they've hardly, hardly had any slip-ups. There haven't been moments where I'm just like, yeah, Arsenal, like, they look like the old Arsenal again. And no, it's like, they are going at it full speed, and they are dominating teams. It's not just like they're slipping by. Like, they have been dominating teams week in and week out. And it's, that is what is impressive, is that they're putting the teams away that they need to put away. Like, we talk about this with teams all the time. It's like, if you want to win the Premier League, like, you have to beat the lower half. Mm -hmm. And they've been doing that. Um, I don't know... If they've played Man City yet, if they've had their first game or not, uh, what their fixtures look like, but like that's obviously going to be the biggest test is what can you do against Man City directly? And I mean Newcastle now as well. If we're talking about Newcastle being title, you know, contenders, those games are going to be huge. We've seen in the past these races come down to two, three, one point sometimes, and so Arsenal, I think their biggest thing that I would say is going to be most impressive at the end of the day is just going to be. Putting away the lower half teams and what can they do 1v1 against Newcastle and Man City if those are the title contenders. Um, but I'm excited to see what happens. It's it's always fun to have new teams in the mix up the top. It's pretty fun. Can you guys tell me Arsenal's one loss this season? They're 13-1-1. One one. The one team that they lost to. Liverpool. Nope, they beat Liverpool. I think 3-2. Bournemouth. Nope. That's right. No, Saliba had a really good game, I think, against Bournemouth. Manchester United, they lost 3-1 to right. one to Manchester United. Rashford with the brace, and Anthony had a goal. But yeah. that's absolutely insane. Back in September. So, since then, they have not lost. Wow. That's that is crazy. I mean, they've looked so good this season. But speaking of Manchester United, I mean, they took on Nottingham Forest. Um, getting back in the swing of things, and they looked pretty fundamental. They looked like Man U of old. I mean, this is the future of what Ten Hogs Man U is going to look like. 3-0 against Forrest, against the Reds. Um, and what did Rashford do, Brandon, to get this scoring open? Yeah, I mean, taking his form from the World Cup into this game, basically, um, has a beautiful finish from a, a corner piece um, in the 19th minute. Ball's played in directly from a corner. He runs around like this, almost like a wall they set up. Uh, none, of, none of the guys moved in the middle, and he came, peels in from the back post. Um, wide open. I mean, just you couldn't get more wide yeah. open. And again, class to just finish it really is all yeah. he had to do. You see those all the time just go over. They get blocked. He puts it in the top corner, and it's it's a beautiful goal in the 19 minute. I mean, he really didn't have to do that much to the ball, right? It's just like getting your like yeah. getting your feet right. You don't have to put a whole lot of power on. It's just getting the the finesse right, and that's what he did so well in getting that first goal. Yeah. Um, but they scored more. Martial, Steven, he's yeah, scoring. He he is scoring. Martial is the biggest fan of that Pierce Morgan interview. <laughs> uh, finding consistent playing time after Ronaldo's departure from the club. 
and showing, hey, guess what? I'm still in my mid-20s, even though you don't think I am, but I can still <laughs> score goals. Um, yeah, he looked pretty good in this one. Uh, Rashford, again, beautiful assist. into Martial finishes at one time. Um, should have been saved. Let's yeah, be real. It should have been, been saved. saved. But they all count the same. Kind of the exact same as that Rashford goal right before his. So he's not going to be complaining. And it's big for confidence, just talking about Enketia's confidence. It's big for these guys that are stepping into these roles that, hey, you better step up to the table or we're probably going to buy somebody that can in both mm-hmm. of these situations. Yeah, it's sort of like a proving like moment that we haven't quite had. We've had, we said this last time, the World Cup in December and November leaves this January transfer with a huge question mark of, are there going to be big, big moves made or not? And now we have kind of one to two, three games maybe of like, okay, do we save our money and let these guys within the system play? Or we go and get that big name and Martial might be making a name for himself with that big number seven void left behind, right? Yeah, and it's true. Like, the January transfer window is so difficult because, again, it's the January transfer window. It's one month. So you don't want to make an overreaction as a club making moves. You don't want to waste money and stuff like that. And honestly, like, if... You know, Martial doesn't score me for the first couple games. You know, they make a move. But he scores now. It's like, okay, Manchester United, what are you going to do? What, you know, you have guys that can play up the middle and or get Garnacho and everything. So I think he's going to be submitting himself with this team. I don't think United's going to go out and spend any more money. I think they spent so much money already in the summer. Yeah. And I doubt that they move anything in the January window. I might be wrong. But, yeah, Martial is looking like a guy that's going to be staying in a starting number nine role for Manchester United, which is wild. Which, four years ago, doesn't sound that crazy of a sentence. But now, after everything that's happened recently, having Ragnick, having uh, Solskjaer, it's just been such a weird time for Martial. Going out on loan. Yeah, not being on the team, being out on loan. <laughs> uh, going his hair back. Um, yeah. it's, it's crazy having him back. But Fred also gets a goal. A World Cup attendee with Brazil, um, getting the pass from Casemiro in the 87th minute on a through ball and scoring. Yeah, um, makes it 3-0 against Forrest. And so Man U, um, as we mentioned it, Ronaldo's gone, terminated his contract right before the World Cup. A lot of drama with, involved with that. The divorce was very public, and the interview with Pierce Morgan, all yada, yada, yada. But now, no Ronaldo, no problem, guys, for Manchester United? I don't know if I'd say that just yet. I mean, look, they've been fine without him this year. Um, I think we all thought he still had a, a key role to play. Uh, but if they're finding goals elsewhere and Ten Hag is, you know, fine, it's really about finding goals. Um, if it's Martial, if it's Rashford, it's Garnacho. They don't really care who it is. If they're replacing those goals throughout the team, I think they're happy. I think they're fine. I think they'll finish fifth, you know, ish, fifth yeah. or sixth still. Um, but that's never good enough for a Manchester United. Fifth, sixth, right? even fourth. Like, they want first. They're not going to get it this year. But That's like, the goal. Right. They w- are definitely looking to bring in a striker in January. Um, I... Don't know who's on their list now, now that Cody Gakpo, which we'll probably talk about next week, mm-hmm. um, is going to Liverpool, who is one of their like main targets. I, I'm i not sure. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there, but what are they willing to spend, I think, is is, is the question. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't say there's no problem just yet, but from this performance, I think they'll, they'll feel a lot better. Yeah, I think it's such a weird 
thing as a Man U fan. I mean, he was a beloved player with the history at the club. Um, and then now him just suddenly being gone because of an interview is the different drama that's hard to process. Um, I feel like as a fan, I probably was upset. But if this team can succeed just this first month going into January, you're probably getting a little bit more confidence under Ten Hag. That's kind of the big thing. Is just They want consistency. They want security from the manager. They want something to be excited about the future of this club. And as a Manchester United fan, I'm just hoping that the club can start making smarter decisions. We can start to kind of wane off the Glazer out movement. I mean, obviously, you know, if that happens, it happens. The club might be up for sale and all that. But just having the focus be the football and not what's happening off the field um, is going to be such an important thing for this club. And that just means moving on from Ronaldo might be the best thing for them. And I can say, yeah, no Ronaldo, no problem for Man U. Um, it's time to move on, and that's okay. It's okay to have sloppy divorces, but at the end of the day, you can walk away and say, our hands are clean. It's done with. We can move on. Um, Steve, what about you? I don't know. Second most goal scorer last year in the Premier League. More <laughs> goals than Harry Kane last year. That's yeah. crazy. So, he's not on your team anymore. you got to find it somewhere. There's not a lot of strikers out in the market, but I think it's a good thing. You don't have to pay him. Honestly, the wage is a huge deal. How they got off scot-free not having to pay the man. That's wild. So that's actually a huge bonus for the club, too. So, but yeah, we'll see. I'm in between. <laughs> Which is fair. Honestly, it's not an easy thing. It's it's hard because we finally got him in the Premier League after years of having him in um, Syria. Or no, sorry, Syria and um, La Liga. So, sad to see him gone out of the Premier League again. But we'll move forward to the other side of Manchester, the blue side of Manchester. Man City is back in action. They take on Leeds. Uh, Leeds have been a weird team. Um, the Jesse Marsh era has had some highs and lows. If you're a fan of Leeds, you got some young talent. Uh, we talked about Tyler Adams and Brendan Erickson, the young Americans. They've been getting some production out of Rodrigo. Um, but going against Man City is not going to be easy um, because the man who was on fire the first half of the season, Erling Holland, has already scored 18 goals. 18 goals. Gosh, goodness gracious. That's like a season-long... Goal tally. And that's what Ronaldo, <laughs> that's what Ronaldo last scored last year. <laughs> All of last season. Um, and he already scored in that Carabao Cup game when they beat Liverpool this past week. So he had a whole month to do nothing, and he's just ready to get back at it. So don't be surprised if he comes in and scores a hat trick against Leeds, which honestly could very well happen. Um, but they have some other key players that have been contributing, Stephen. Um, so against Leeds in particular, who do you have your eyes on besides Erling Holland? Uh, I mean, it's got to be Kevin De Bruyne, right? Nine, nine, six, just as much as Holland scoring, it feels like De Bruyne is pulling the the pieces behind that. Yeah. Um, yeah, this City team's complete, and they have two games in hand um, on Arsenal, and I guess I should say Newcastle. Um, so they're looking to put this stamp of dominance back down in the league. Um, this is a very big game for them. Leeds isn't a pushover. Mm. Uh, a couple Americans coming in on some good form, and Aaronson and Adams. Uh, and Rodrigo, like, fourth in scoring right now in the league as well. So Leeds is no – they're no pushover. And specifically the way this matchup is, Manchester City will concede, I don't think, a goal, but goals. Um, and so it's going to be really fun uh, and entertaining game to see. I think it will be – a scoreline like 4-2 is very plausible, honestly. Yeah. Um, but with that, I think, yeah, De Bruyne and Grillish, Mares, whoever, insert the 70 million wingers that they have – uh, Foden, they're going to want to come out firing against Leeds. Um, 
I think they'll take care of business. I think Holland will score. Obviously, it's you know I think it'll the sun will come up tomorrow. Is what it sounds <laughs> like when you're predicting early Holland scoring a goal. So it's gonna be a great game. But yeah, the whole team's doing well. It's not just Holland scoring a, a crap ton of goals. This city team is wild, and they haven't played as many games as everybody else yet. And I think. You know, if they win these next two games, they're right there at 38 points, two behind Arsenal. So, I mean, we'll see. What are you looking at, Brandon? Yeah, I mean, so they have the top goal scorer in the league with Holland. Um, Foden has seven, which is next on Manchester City. Um, and they also have the top assister in the league with De Bruyne. Um, She's so good. He just seems so, <laughs> like, so it's like a fine wine. Just gets better every game. Every year. Coming off injury, too. I mean, that's awesome to see him actually on the field doing what he does yeah. best. Yeah. It's... I know these are the household names at this point, but it's just... <laughs> you can't put enough praise on them. No. They, they are so, so good. I'm worried for Leeds on this one. Um, a lot of the Leeds guys did have a rest, you know, and some more time to, to drill some stuff down during the World Cup. Um they should be at Allen Road, though. That should be at least some advantage. Yeah, that'll definitely help them out. Uh, their energy levels will be up. Uh, Brendan Aronson didn't see a lot of time with the U.S. men's team, so he'll probably be ready ready to go. Um, Tyler Adams, like we mentioned, yeah. hopefully he'll bring that form into this game, into the rest of the season. Uh, Man City's won two out of the last three, but Leeds did win... In 21, so um, the other two games weren't close, though. <laughs> Man City beat them 7-0, um, I could see something very similar, to be completely honest. I would probably put a 4-1. I'll give Leeds a goal because they're at home. But, um, yeah, Holland on the double, De Bruyne with, like, two assists, and you insert whoever else, yeah. I think. Anybody yeah. could score. It could be Rodrigo. It could be Diaz. It could be... Their goalkeeper. I mean, it, it, they're all amazing. So, yeah, I think had Leeds gotten Man City on Boxing Day itself, there may have been a smaller chance for some of these World Cup guys to have maybe not gotten back in time to play. Mm-hmm. But now that they're playing on Wednesday, that's just a little bit more time to get back from camp and get back and in, get integrated back in the starting eleven and just get to play again. So, it doesn't I'm not thinking anyone's going to miss this game for Man City, which really sucks if you're a Leeds supporter. <laughs> They're going to come yeah. full force. Pep is especially like playing that midweek against Liverpool. Like That's a big game that Leeds hasn't had. Yeah, You know, these Carabao Cup games that are getting played already. So it's Man City's had their warm-up. They've kind of gotten to field things out post-World Cup. So yeah, I feel like it might be a slaughter fest. They might run riot over Leeds. And like I said, Erling Holland might be at the center of it with a hat trick. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that could have very also, well happened. Also, in the forefront of their minds is Newcastle being so hot. Yeah. Newcastle's in second. Let's remind everybody. And they already got their points. They have their points. So, though Man City, after this game, will have one in hand, still, that you're still chasing those points. So, they're definitely looking up the table, which is one of those things we haven't been able to say for four years now yeah. <laughs> it's sort of crazy that's true that is very true yeah. um but we're back to arsenal they're playing brighton uh it's saturday the 31st um brighton they looked really good against southampton they did get <laughs> i feel bad for the southampton keeper he led in a stinker um admittedly <laughs> like one or two really that he could have done a lot better with yeah. 
I'm a Brighton still scores three goals. Adam Alana, he's still getting the job done. His brief time as player manager uh, when grandfather left. Um, but Arsenal has their work cut out for them. Brighton is no pushover. Uh, they've really been a pretty solid team this season. Even after grandfather left, they still were getting the results they needed to be relevant, even contending for me like a European spot. So going against Arsenal, should Brighton fans be optimistic that they might have a chance, even at least for a draw, just to knock off Arsenal a little bit? Oh, yeah. I I would not be looking past Brighton. I mean, with I think his name is Deserbys, their new coach. Um, Bright, I mean, they're good, and they look good on Boxing Day. Um, also, in this matchup, they've won three of the last six. Um, the last two were a Brighton 2-1 win and a 0-0 draw before that. Wow. So... I think they can p- feel pretty confident knowing that they're at home. They at have the, the history on their side, the recent history at least. Um, this is a big game. This is a very big game. Probably the game of, of next weekend, um, of the New Year's weekend. For sure. And um, I'm really looking forward to it, Steve. Yeah, it's going to be a good game. Um, Arsenal can just make everybody else more depressed with a win. Um, or, yeah. you know, Brighton again, like... They win this game, they're above Liverpool. Yeah, like it's it. They be above Liverpool and Chelsea. <laughs> um, so this team again, they're very good. I think they're European contenders. Who knows? I don't know. Tottenham could lose their next three games. I think be Brighton could be above them. I mean, it's so competitive this year. Going back to what we said to start this year off is this is going to be the best season of the Premier League ever. Um, <laughs> it's it was the best World Cup. In a long time that I can ever remember watching, it was absolutely insane. Champions League already. Champions League already. is wild. Everything's game. jumbled up because of timelines and whatnot. You have one of the best players in the world not playing in the world's most insane tournament in Erling Holland. So you just don't know how certain players, teams are going to react to stuff like this. So this Brighton Arsenal game is going to be awesome. Um, I'll go for an upset. Hopefully, like a one-zero Brighton win. <laughs> come on, please. Come on, come um, on, Brighton. Come on, Seagulls. <laughs> yeah, come on, goals. But you know, or Arsenal could just win three to zero. It's honestly who who the heck knows. So it's going to be a good game, though. I know that, and I think having home field advantage too, like we talked about with the Leeds game too, like playing at home in front of your supporters against the number one team in the league, it doesn't get more of an intense atmosphere than yeah. that. So it's going to be a good game. Yep. Well, just so you guys know, it's officially hate week. Oh yeah, it is hate week. Tottenham. Villa. Are we watching it together? I hope so. January 1st? Why not? We'll probably be around. 9 a.m.? Unless you abandon us go back to Ohio, which... I'm going back the second. So okay, good. Yeah. yeah. It's going to happen. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, it's hate week. So we had Tottenham Villa at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Um, <laughs> New Year's Day. It's a FIFA... Th- I had to say like I was watching the game. <laughs> oh, I love you know you. what, guys? Leave me alone. Uh, Spurs have <laughs> won five of the last six in this matchup. Uh... I feel like all of them also come down like the 90th minute. Yeah. Villa just blows it late. Yeah. Uh, is that going to happen again, Brandon? I don't know, I man. I hope you're saying no. I hope we just get it away done like early. Yeah, you, well, you know, it's funny. <laughs> I think the last one we played, you guys beat us pretty badly, but we played better. I don't know if you guys remember that matchup. More better. We played more better. But I don't know how this one's going to pan out. I mean... I think it'll be a pretty stale game. I think it'll be I think sort so of boring. I think it could also boring. be very open. Um, yeah. The way Villa looked against Liverpool, 
this past weekend. It's like, if we do that against Tottenham, they're going to love it. And then, I don't know. And I'm not as trusting in Tottenham's defense as I once was at the beginning oh, of the season. Oh, why would you say that? <laughs> so I think uh, we have a pretty good chance of scoring goals. If Ollie Watkins can put him away, I don't know. It could be a stinker. I'd, I'd guess a draw, and I'd hope for a draw. But either team could really win this game. Yeah, Steven, we've given up more first-half like deficits than any other team in the Premier League. Yep. But we've come back and won or tied more games than anyone else. <laughs> so it's just like we're giving up goals, but we're still coming back and salvaging games, which that's like saying, sucks. That's like saying... Like, you talk to a friend the night after they just got hammered drinking. And they're like, yeah, well, you know, I always bounce back in the morning. I don't feel that bad. Like, I recover okay. You know, it works out. I still don't feel great, but I didn't throw up. That's what it sounds like, the, like, with this Tottenham <laughs> yeah. team. It's like, we suck in the first half. It's it's bad. Like, this past game especially. Like, it's just so frustrating. And Brentford's a good side, sure. but And we've been doing it all year. It's the coach knows, the fans knows, and the players know <laughs> that they're going to give the lead up in probably the first 20 minutes of the damn game. Yeah. But at the same time, you go, oh, well, they don't panic. And then, you know, Perisic plays a ball into Harry Kane's, like, big toe, and it goes into the <laughs> upper 90. So it all works out. Or it's just... Don't you love it? No. <laughs> I don't. And I'm getting pissed off about it, honestly. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. Sorry. Uh, yeah, but this game is going to be boring, though. I think, like Brandon said, Tottenham plays on the counter. Um, we'll probably let in a silly goal. And then we'll probably score in the last minute to tie. Well, some positives. We're going to have Hugo Lloris back. We're going to have Christian Romero back. Yes. That feels nice. Fred Forster <laughs> did not have a good game. Um, no, he didn't. And but. I just—it's gonna be really nice to have a World Cup winner back in goal. That's just our captain, our sweet, sweet French captain, and then our World Cup winner again, Christian Romero, our center back. Again, Eric Dyer had a stinker of the—I don't even know what you can call it. it wasn't a clear; it went backwards. He shanked, he shanked the ball forty yards it. behind the goal <laughs> yeah. to let in a corner kick that we then conceded a goal on that our other center back Linglet <laughs> just ball watched. Yeah. <laughs> to the Brentford striker who just put it away for a goal. So the hope is Conte can get the boys focused <laughs> on this game. He already acknowledged, like Steven said, that we cannot keep conceding these early goals and getting behind. We need to control a game, which I'm sorry if we do, and just put it away. Like We need to do that to build our confidence. We can't keep doing this. Young it's not sustainable. Son. Yeah. It's not good. I mean, Harry Kane luckily keeps scoring. But yeah, Sonny's not even looking no. like himself. Yeah, he won the Golden Boot last season. And what has he done? He's been very quiet. So, in, in fairness to me, I mean, he had the, hor the orbital face fracture. That's fine. But he's still playing. So, it's like, if you're on the field, then we should expect reduction from you. Yeah. And we're not getting that from him. But We are having a World Cup winner. Probably, I mean, we talked about it. Oh, shoot. Had his, the biggest hand pun intended, in Argentina's win. Is he going to be Is he gonna be uh, good to go? It's Emmy Martinez, who's probably been on a party bender that for boy the got past. I feel like he's, he's in an alleyway <laughs> right now in Buenos Aires. So I don't know if the, he's, he's going to find that his game. way home. I hope he finds his way back, because we looked awful with Olsen, I think his name is. Yeah, that's a bad yeah. week for keepers. Yeah, very bad week for keepers. Yeah. But So having him in the back, I think, will tighten up our defense a little bit, I hope. And... Um, I don't know. I think we have a lot to go go off of. Um, again, I don't think Avila is expected to win this game, but 
I really hope we do because we need to keep getting results and keep climbing the table. So, yeah, yeah. crazy. Um, well, our last kind of preview is back to Leeds. They play on Wednesday against Man City, but they're back at it on Saturday against Newcastle. So they got two in a week. Um, we just talked about both these teams. We'll kind of keep this one a little bit brief. Uh, but Newcastle, this is the time we just talked about. Put those teams away if you want to contend for titles. Can they get two in a week against a solid team like Leeds, Stephen? Uh, yes. For some reason, I don't know why. I feel... Okay, no, I won't say I feel better about this game than the Leeds-Man City game. But I think Newcastle, I'm very confident in Newcastle to put Leeds away. Uh, I think this game fits Newcastle well. I think that they will expose Leeds on the counter and just outplay them technically and stuff. I I don't foresee this being an issue for Newcastle. I don't know why I feel that way, but maybe it's because I, I just watched them on Boxing Day and they just look so sound. Um so we'll see. And Leeds is playing twice in a week against two insane opponents like Manchester City. That's probably going to run them ragged. And then Newcastle. So I'm interested to see how they play against City. If they even take into account that they're playing again on Saturday. Are they going to do full throttle, Leeds United, running as fast as you can? Because that's just how they play. And you can't do that for two games. This game being the second one, I think Newcastle takes care of business. Yeah, you got to love Newcastle's intensity, really. I mean, they just bring it game in, game out. And I think, again, that's what Eddie Howe has brought to that team. Yeah. Um, now, Leeds have won the, out of the last, what, four? I'll say four. Leeds have won two, drawn one, lost one. Um, I believe they've won one of the last ones and drawn one of them. Sorry, I'm all over the place. But... Um, Leeds has sort of dominated since they came back up to the Premier League. Um, again, I can't see that. I can't see them getting a result here. Um, Newcastle did win the last meeting. Um, so, yeah, there you go. I, I, I think they'll continue to keep it rolling. It's at Newcastle, St. James. Yeah. Uh, it's it's like a 2 nothing victory for Newcastle, I think. If I'm a Leeds fan, either getting a win over Man City... Or getting two draws would be massive. Two draws is a huge win. Massive. <laughs> so that's the best they can hope for, maybe, in my eyes, is just getting... I think two draws would be huge for them. Jesse Marsh can feel good about the guys. Um, and moving forward, I mean, two of the top two, three teams, uh, that would be massive for them. So hopefully they can get it done. Uh, the entertainment is what we want. We want to see goals. But, you know, sometimes it comes down to defense. That is what wins games. Well, everyone, that about wraps things up with our discussion on the Premier League, the Boxing Day games, and now moving into January. The new year is here. 2023 is right around the corner. Um, we can't wait to watch those games together in person. And doing the podcast in person has been a treat. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed the discussion. Um, leave a comment on your thoughts of where the Premier League is going. Um, who do you think has the best chance to win this season? Top four. Let's hear your predictions. I want to see your top four picks in the comment section below as things stand today. Um, if you have made this far, please subscribe to the supporter section, our new channel name, and click the notification bell to stay updated every time we post. Well, we have been Cole Carter, Brandon Pacenick. That guy over there has been Steven Curl. Um, have a happy new year, guys. Until the next one, enjoy some soccer, and peace out.